0: We've been in this series entitled Face to Face. We're doing a character study on Moses. This will be part six, I believe. Part five. Amen. Part five. And so it says, so Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight. Why the bush is not burnt up. I want to talk about this morning when God calls. We have followed the life of Moses up to this point and I hope that you have learned some valuable lessons from his life. Um, the, the calling of God To a person may not be like Moses, but we know that God is still calling today. Amen. Now there is, and I've said this, the first call that is the call to salvation. Then there's the call to repentance. Then there's the call to separate your life. And then there's the call to service. And oftentimes, because we live in a consumer society, we feel, some people feel that. The call to salvation alone is good enough. In other words, I'm saved, satisfied, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and that is enough. But I believe just as those children lost their lives in Uvalde, I believe that they were all destined. For something great in this life. And I believe that God today is still calling people today. I imagine 17 years ago when God called me to pastor. Called me to plant this church and To look back and to look to today where we are, I realize that God is still calling today. How many believe that? God still has work for us to do. And I'm not talking about a modified version of the kingdom or the church. I'm not talking about home group. I wish I had somebody. I'm not talking about, yeah, uh, you know, let's have a discussion about the Bible. No, I'm not I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a call. A call to evangelism. Come on, somebody. A call to prayer, a call that God has upon your life that possibly may be. You are sitting on. Maybe you're not nurturing it. Maybe you're not doing what he has called you to do. A call to minister. A call to ministry. A call to missions. The question today is. And here's the question. When God calls, will you answer? I told you last week that God calls by his divine timing. Everything is about timing. God sends a divine messenger. God gives you and I special revelation. Are you with me? The last thing I told you last week. Is that there's an interruption. There's a divine, thank you, sister. There's a divine interruption. Because you and I know if it's not a divine interruption, we will continue to live our lives the way we want to live it, do what we want to do. So God has to do something divine. The bush is burning. But not being consumed. Moses did not know what was going on. Imagine this. That you don't know there's a God. You've heard about this God. But you never know how you will encounter that God. Maybe his mother When she was weaning him. uh, Told him about this God. But imagine this. 80 years later. And he still does not know this God. My goodness. Can I help you know what that helps you with? That helps you with with this. It's never too late to be used by God. It's never too late for God to pick you up. To turn you around. Hmm. To place your feet on a solid ground. It's never too late. Listen. Moses. Had no idea. Can you imagine? You never thought you would be singing in the choir. Come on. How hum, hum, hum many with me? You, you, you never thought that you would be a usher in church. Come on somebody. You, you never thought that you would be. Preaching or teaching or serving anywhere in the kingdom, but there's something divine about the call that God has placed upon your life. You will call for more, not just to hang around the well. Come on, somebody. Here he is. He has a divine interruption. And then we get to verse 3. Verse 2 says the angel of the Lord appeared to him. I told you that's Jesus. In a blazing fire. That's the Holy Spirit. From the midst of the bush. And he looked and behold the bush was burning with fire. Yet. The bush was not consumed. Now look what the text says. So Moses said. I must. Turn aside. I believe that if you're going to answer the call. When God calls. First thing I believe you have to do is we must be willing to surrender. And separate ourselves totally. The turning aside of Moses. From where he was to where the bush was, was his beginning of his turnaround in life. I wish I had somebody. The word turn turn away or turn aside means to quit something. To quit something and then to do something different. If you're going to answer the call of God, you have to remove yourself from sin. You must keep away, far away from certain things because certain things can come and disrupt the call of God upon your life. Moses is about to turn his back on his old life. If you won't turn from your own life, how can you embrace this new life? And a lot of people still want to embrace the old life And say that they're called to do something for God. Can you imagine all the material things he had accumulated? He wasn't just turning, y'all. He was turning away. He was quitting. He was leaving some stuff behind so that he can embrace. But he had to surrender. Anybody here willing to surrender today? Anybody willing to separate yourself from what's causing you from not totally trusting God? Listen, he didn't know, but the fact that he said I must means that he was willing to quit that old way of life and embrace this new life. I wonder what do you have to let go of to totally surrender? Can I ask you a question? What's impeding you? What's stopping you? What's holding you back? God, has he not shown you what he could do? Anybody here, God has shown you some stuff? I'm just asking. I'm I'm just asking. Has he, let me ask you this. Has he showed you anything? You know what I believe with some people? Some people are not convinced just yet. But they've seen the burning bush. They've had a divine message and messenger. But yet, they choose not to surrender and separate themselves. I didn't say segregate yourself. I say separate yourself. In other words, you got to decide which path you're going to choose. Because when he turned away, he was taking another path. He was quitting some stuff. He was giving up some stuff. I imagine all the stuff I've given up for Jesus. But can I tell you something? The stuff I gave up did not compare to the stuff I have now. Uh, and, And here's what I'm talking about when I say stuff. I'm talking about his peace. I'm talking about his joy. I'm talking about totally Totally separating and surrendering to the point where I decided that I'm quitting all of that. It's a decision. And sometimes we can't quit on our own. So what God has to do, he has to cause a divine interruption. Amen. Stuff don't work like it used to work no more. Come on, help me somebody. He has to allow certain things to happen because he understands that you're not willing to quit just yet come here. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Come here, Paul. (laughs) Amen. He was on his way to persecute Christians. The Bible says that he declares that he was fond of it, but oh, he had a moment with Jesus where he was forced to quit. The Text goes on to say, now watch this word. I want to inter- introduce you to a word. A Hebrew word. Look at the, look what the text says. Text says, so Moses said, I must turn aside what? Now, the word now in the Hebrew is nah. N-A. Nah. That's how it's pronounced in the Hebrew tongue. Check this out. This is why every word is important in scripture. When he says, this is going to bless somebody. You ready? This is, going to bless, this is going to help somebody too. Watch this. Watch this. Check this out. The word nah, write it down. It means I or we pray. Wait a minute. What? The, where did that come from? How did that happen? Tell your neighbor, that's the Hebrew language. The word "na" means I, we pray. It's a petition. It's an entreaty. It's petitioning someone. So when Moses, the text says, Moses said, I must turn aside now. Give me the next point. Y'all didn't get it, y'all didn't catch it, y'all didn't catch it, y'all didn't catch it. did, Did anybody catch that? We should answer the call, not just talk about, Pastor, let me pray about it. Listen, if the people who said that to me over 17 years, if they were really praying, this church would be full today. Oftentimes, we use... God's prayer as an excuse not to do what he's calling us to do. Well, I wish I had some shouting people in here. Watch us, watch us, watch us. We always got Why is it always Christians got to pray about stuff when it comes down to doing stuff for God? Can you do this? No, well, let me pray about that. Let me see. Let me see if I can hear from God. Moses said, I'm praying. But I'm answering. Listen, listen, listen. Can you imagine if we were to collect all those people who have said they're going to pray? We could probably save the whole world. The calling of disciples. Remember when Jesus called disciples? Watch this. He called them. They didn't hesitate. They didn't say, well, let me think about it. No, the Bible says they left everything and followed him. But then you get to the parable of the party. The banquet. The banquet. And one guy said, hold on, man, uh, my daddy ain't dead yet, so uh, let me uh, let me go bury my daddy. And, and can I tell you something? His daddy wasn't dead yet. He had to go pray about it. Do I have anybody here today who won't answer your call? You got to pray about it. Listen, we would be further along as a church body. If the people of God would realize that in 2022, God is still calling us to do something great. Moses is now was a petition to God by faith. He was indirectly acting by faith on what he had already prayed about, what he had seen before his eyes. He says, man, I got to do this. Tell your neighbor now. Can I help you with something? You got to believe after you pray. Some of you want your healing, but you don't believe after you pray. Some of you want something to happen for right now. You need something to happen right now. But after you pray, you're not believing. Imagine that. Imagine that the text says, he says, I must turn aside now. Now. It's a prayer. God, guide me in this calling. Lord, let it not be me. That stands before your people. Let it not be me. That go out here in the world. But let it be you and me. Helping me to accomplish. What you have called me. To do. You see. Moses went on the text says. And he says. I must turn aside now. And see. This marvelous. sight." You know what the word marvelous means? Access. Access. The word sight means visible. And sometimes I know it may be hard for you to understand what's happening in your life. You know, I was talking to somebody yesterday, the other day and, and they were saying, Pastor, it's amazing how God will show a person something time and time and time again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And And guess what? They still will not believe. When you partake of communion today, you get an opportunity to see what Christ did on Calvary. Do I have anybody? The text says... He says, I need to turn aside now and see this marvelous sight. So I believe that when God calls, the next thing is we have to believe what we see. Can I help somebody with something? Sometimes it may look crazy. Sometimes it's not going to make sense what you see. Don't ignore what you see because you see God will give you what I call a divine vision. He will give you and he will show you, but he'll give you access to what was not visible before. Can you imagine? I've read the Bible over and over again. And every time I come back to the same verse that I read before, I see something different. Because that's how amazing the word is. But that's how amazing the call is. And the more you grow in sanctification, the more you grow in his word, the deeper he takes you and the more access he gives you to divine things. Can I help you with something? The preacher who don't study don't need to preach. I wish I had somebody. The preacher that don't go to school and dig as well. Don't need to preach in nobody's pulpit. But the preacher that don't pray. Don't need to preach either. And there's a lot of people standing in the pulpit. Telling you stuff that's not real. This word. This word sight. God in the Hebrew. It is used. Watch this. With an attribute of theological importance in various ways the word the word sight has to do with seeing God's great acts of redemption God God's great acts of his creation Romans chapter 1 says that even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God. For everything they knew about God, God put it in them. You understand? And that's called general revelation. So the word God, which is sight, means not only do you see something, but what you're seeing is God's character on display. God's incommunicable attributes, the attributes of his power, the attributes of his mercy, the attributes of his grace. It it is so amazing that you can't even describe what you see. And here's the crazy thing about it. If you go to try to explain to somebody what God has shown you. They're going to be like, you'd have lost your ever-loving mind. Come here, Habakkuk. Habakkuk is looking around and he sees that his people are dying. And, and, and he begins to ask God in a prayer. He says, God, what's going on here? God says to him, listen, if I were to tell you what you are going through right now. You would not believe it. You know why you won't believe it? Because I'm doing something in your day that if I was to tell you, you don't even have the capacity to receive it. God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. You got to believe. What he shows you. Has he shown you anything? Have you seen anything? Have you understood anything? That he's trying to relay a message to you. That my grace is sufficient enough. My mercy will show up right on time. Do I have anybody? Text says. The text says, he says, it was so marvelous to his sight that what he was seeing was God's power on display. I want to tell you something. Was it an illusion caused by the heat of the desert? Or was it a vision? from God. Watch this. That was so great. It caused him to turn to quit the old life. Can I ask you something? What's going to take for you to quit the old life? What is it going to take for you and I to turn? Come on, somebody. And say, God, I see it. I understand it. Watch this. When you get a divine vision, it will drive you to action. How great was that moment for Moses? Maybe you're not paying attention. Maybe you're looking for something greater, but you can't recognize greatness. That's right in front of you. Maybe you're looking for the perfect place and the perfect time or, or the perfect this or the perfect that. But maybe God has already shown you and watch this. The one thing about God, he's not going to do it twice. Come here, Jonah. <laughs> Jonah had a plan, didn't he? He had a call too. But he went to the opposite direction while Jesus went to the direction. I wish I had somebody. Somebody. The very thing that Jonah was running from the, is the very thing Jesus was running to. And I believe that when God calls, it's such a special thing, y'all, that you and I ought to recognize what it really is. Text says, and I'm going to my seat, y'all. Text says, here's the, here's the thing be, behind all of our calling that one word. You see the word? What's that one word? Why? (laughs) He turned aside because of this marvelous sight and the text says, why the bush? Why haven't I lost my mind yet? Why have I been so disobedient, but yet he still keep on keeping on. He's still holding me up. I still got that job, even though I don't tithe. Uh Oh, did I say that? I said that. Amen. My heart ain't right, but yet I still come in his house. He let me come in his house. And why? See, what I'm saying is you and I looking for this miraculous, but maybe the miraculous is working in you. And maybe the thing that God is trying to show you is that in disobedience, I want to show you obedience. I want to show you what it's like. Maybe the miracle is, maybe the bush is burning in you. Watch this. He says, why? You know what? Watch this. For some of us, we tried to mess up. And you're wondering why you can't mess up. (laughs) It's because the fire is already burning in you. It is because God has already a plan for your life. But you're wondering why can I get away from this? Trying to run from the calling. And God says keep on messing up. Even in your mess up, do you know the believer that messes up got more grace than the obedient, the most obedient believer? You say, how, how does that happen? Paul says, shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? He says may it never be, but there are some people who are living on borrowed grace. Let me show you what borrowed grace look like. You're still a believer. You still got your job. It appears that you're doing good, but by payday, by the end of the week, you're broke again. But you still got a roof over your head. You're living from pillow to post. But guess what? You're still saved. I'm trying to help you. That's grace. That ain't you getting away with what you're doing. That ain't you. That's why we don't judge. I told you that. I I told you that last week. We don't judge. God does that. But watch this. Grace is what's really carrying you and I along when we're disobedient. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. The text says he wanted to know why. Why the bush is not burnt up. What's the reason? Thing I want to do. We will never know the why until we answer our call. Know why you're frustrated? Know why you can't find peace? Know why you're trying to do this, that, and the third and, and 55 and all that kind of stuff. You're trying to do all that. But God says you'll never get the why. Imagine how many of us are running from our call. We want to know why, yet we will not turn from the world. Yet we will not turn and trust God fully. Yet we won't leave the world. We won't surrender and separate ourselves. Watch this, whenever you get this thought in your mind, don't go to church, don't go to church, don't go to church, that's the devil. Okay, recognize fully that the devil has showed up at your doorsteps. But if you press your way on, if you answer the call, watch this, watch this, why, 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 why Why did you end up the way you did in life? Why am I suffering, pastor? Why don't I see marvelous things like everybody else? No, it, God has shown you. Moses could have tried to figure it out logically. That's what the problem is with most people today. They're not looking at this thing spiritually. They're looking at it logically. It's got to connect. Let me tell you something. The kingdom of God is not "Mm," all of that. There's no logic in this thing. Paul says, stay away from that stuff. Stay away from people who tried to bring up controversies. Yeah, we know we got bad pastors. We got bad members. We got bad deacons. We got bad churches. But guess what? If that one ain't working, find you another Find you another one and get in your calling because guess what? It won't make sense until you surrender. When it don't make sense, then you have to stop and find out why. And here's what you got to do. You have to find out why by surrendering to God and say, God, I don't want to know why because I'm just curious. I want to know why because I'm ready to answer the call. Do I have anybody? And I want to leave you right here to let you know something, that um, I'm grateful to God. I'm not like other people that said, well, I, I, I didn't. I was running from my call. Why would you run from God calling you to preach unless you ain't living right? You know, I, I listen very carefully. Why would you run from pastoring when you love doing it? All of a sudden, (laughs) come on, yeah. Why does God have to go through all of that? Because maybe you don't want to give up some of that. You see, when a mother gives birth, her body is so constructed to make milk, the milk flows in concert with the woman's pregnancy. And the birthing process. The body knows it's time for milk. Because a baby is here. And it needs to eat. Can you imagine that? The mother doesn't have to groan or moan. In order to make or to produce the milk. Guess what? It's already built into the structure of her body. When life comes forth milk flows. I'm going to say it one more time. When life comes forth, milk flows. The will of God flows when your life is surrendered. Come on somebody. It is made. It just flows. When you surrender your life to God, it just flows. Grace and mercy just flows. Blessings just flows. Peace just flows. Hope just flows. When we surrender to God, it's a natural thing. It just flows. Give God a